Welcome to Huddle Up, brought to you by the Fields Auto Group. Jaguar senior writer John Osher, NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks, and senior reporter J.P. Shatterick bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Huddle Up starts right now. And welcome in. It is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. It is Wednesday, September 27th. J.P. Shadrick with you in London. Bucky Brooks is in Los Angeles. John Osher is right in between us in Jacksonville, Florida. The Jaguars and the Falcons coming up at Wembley Stadium, London this Sunday. The Jaguars looking to clean some things up, of course, from last week's game. And it's a long list of things to get right. Falcons come in at 2-1. and one. They lost last week, but they have some uh, powerful players, certainly some young talent on that team on the offensive side. And uh, this is the beginning of now a two-week stretch for the Jaguars in the United Kingdom. They'll travel Thursday night, arrive here Friday morning. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks, brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. Well, uh, it's 9 o'clock here in London. Uh, what time is it in L.A., Bucky? It is uh, 105, 105. Okay, and it's 4.05 in Jacksonville, right, John? It's time to get a win is what time it is. JP. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time whoa. to get a win. Oh, John, John came okay. in hot over here. Like, Yeah, you like, know, I because. Like I feel like that's the sentiment all over the building. Everyone's a little edgy. Ready. Little... No, not edgy. Happy and ready. Well, I mean, you get salty with back-to-back losses. That can happen, right, Bucky? I mean, and the, and the way it looked, too, right, especially last week, I think just shocked a lot of people. So uh, that might be why there's some of that, um, at least from John Osher. Yeah, no, I can understand that. And it's, it's disappointing uh, uh, in all aspects because the game on Sunday against the Houston Texans was uh, one of the worst ones that we've seen in a long time. Uh, this is one where you got beaten all three phases. And – the problem with getting beat is not necessarily that the Texans beat the Jaguars. The Jaguars beat themselves. So many self-inflicted uh, errors and miscues, uh, turnovers, pre-snap penalties, uh, kicking game woes, just any way that you can lose a game. I mean, we, we, we checked off all the boxes. <laughs> I mean, so hopefully when you have a performance like that, the next one is one that would be more like what we expect from the Jaguars. Yeah, uh, not to belabor the point, but you had a couple of big drops offensively. Uh, You had a couple of at least one seven-point giveaway defensively. And then if you you look at the special teams, you make an argument, a 27-point swing on special teams. You had a chance for six points on field goals. It set up two touchdown drives the other way. You gave up a seven-point touchdown, which they're all seven points, but you gave a touchdown on – on, on the kickoff, any one of those areas doesn't have those, and it's a closer game. It just goes to show you how much they gave away, to speak to Bucky's point. Yeah, gave it away, and I've got to clean it up moving ahead. Doug Peterson speaking with the media today, as he does each and every Wednesday, to set the tone for the week ahead, coming off that loss last week. And so we just got to get back to that, just, just get back to – you know, having having a solid week of practice like we did last week, and and then just you know focusing on us one play at a time. What do I need to do on this particular play, and then go to the next? Um, Short term memory if something bad happens. Short term memory if something good happens, and uh, you know just play it one play at a time. 
So, Bucky, that's to your point right there. I mean, it's week three. It's a lot of football left. I know he said earlier that we're running out of early and, and things mm-hmm. like that. But when it's so off the rails as it was in, in moments last week, that's what you have to do, brick by brick, right? Yeah, brick by brick. You got to take it back to the basics. And, JP, you talked about last week, you know, that he felt like the practices were solid, that he wanted to get back to basics, and the performance was not up to par. Uh, sometimes it's that. And so when you're process oriented, meaning you want to, to create the right habits, you want to create the right practice habits that eventually lead to game uh, reaction and execution, uh, you have to kind of continue to pour into that. And I, I think a lot of it can be uh, corrected by maybe a little simplification. Normally when you have mess ups and you have the kind of mistakes that the Jaguars made, that is a, 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 a big bang red light. Hey, we're doing too much. People are confused. Let's simplify so the guys can play fast. And when you simplify and you allow it to be one where you're letting you guys play fast, typically the superior team, the more talented team ends up winning. Yeah, I kind of thought they tried to simplify it last week. So that, so uh, I don't know how much more there is to do on that. I'm not saying there's not. I just it, – it's like that was their approach last week. I think Bucky – and I'd love to hear the perspective of the former player on this – I think a huge challenge this week is something that it's very hard to measure until you actually see it. Uh, They keep talking about we need to relax and play our game. We need to relax and let it come to us. And I completely agree with that, but you got to win. So it's clear you're one and two. You don't want to be one and three. So there's some real urgency here as well. You would love to see him get a lead. I think that would have helped him last week. But I asked Trevor Lawrence, and he told me it was a good question, so I assume it was. Uh, how do you relax when you have this feeling of, oh, we got to win this? Because it's not must win, but you don't want to be one and three either. No, you don't want to be one and three, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. And what Doug Peterson and the coaches have to do is they have to alleviate some of that pressure on the players. And as much as I want the team to play with like that urgency – what you don't want to happen is to play with desperation because desperation leads to recklessness and carelessness and all the mistakes that we saw a week ago, you'll continue to see those. Um, some of this are the growing pains. It's been a long time. I mean, you go all the way back. What, what was the year? Saxonville when everything was, it was 2018? 17, yep. 2017. 2017 was great. 2018 was loaded with a lot of expectations. Then the team fell apart. Uh, sometimes the natural inclination for a young team when you have the following season, you think you're going to pick up right where you left off. And no one, no matter how much they talk to the team, how much Doug Peterson stands for the team, say, hey, guys, we got to go all the way back to step one. It's not until it kind of dawns on them like, hey, you know what? We can't fast forward to get to the end of the book. We got to make sure that we read all the chapters and all the pages to get to the very end. And so I think, look, it was a low point against the Texans, but it might have been the best thing because now maybe instead of looking too far in the distance, They'll focus on the here and now. Yeah, JP, that's, I think, if you're holding on to something this week, it makes you think they're going to play better. I think that's it. Uh, Bucky, I know you said Doug really got on him at halftime. And Oof. you saw them come out a different team. Uh, and then you had the, again, everybody's making fun of the kickoff return. It was an awful-looking play, but I get how it happened. Sometimes those mm-hmm. sort of fluky, freaky things happen. And that got him back behind the eight ball, so to speak. And it was, it was hard to continue that after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not in meetings, 
Um, but I'm assuming it's going to be sort of another foot in the end rear week, foot in the rear end week from Doug. I think they'll respond to that, and you would think you would see a significantly more energized adrenaline, whatever it is, in the first half against the Falcons if they can strike that balance, Bucky. Yeah, no, he, it was as animated as I saw him. It was actually a, a, a classic John Archer speech, the way that he led into him. It was laced with a lot of expletives, a lot of Fair. Uh, cover your ears, you shouldn't hear that stuff or whatever. But he was, he was riled up, and I've never seen him that animated. And I think the frustration comes from the fact that this is a team that looked really good in the preseason. Uh, by all accounts, training camp was very solid. It, it appeared that this team was going to hit the ground running, and for whatever reason, it hasn't. Defensively, the team was pretty good the first couple of weeks, but offensively, it hasn't been right from the start. And because the offense was viewed as the strength of the team, was expected to be the strength of the team, the fact that they're sputtering and the quarterback isn't playing well and you got Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk and others dropping passes. Yeah, I mean, everyone, that, that anxiety, that pressure is real, but you can't handle it trying to be superheroes. Everyone has to kind of take that collective breath, dial it back, get back to focusing on the fundamentals. And when they focus on the fundamentals, the production and the performance will pick up. Earmuffs, John. Earmuffs. That's what you, you know, lot that's of, what lot you of, do. A lot of John, lot of John Osher special words, like a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> I'll get into it. Yeah, I won't lie to you. <laughs> I mean, I know this is the internet and all. However, we don't. We're not going there. Hey, uh, quickly, John. What did you feel? Did you feel that in the locker room today, a little while ago? Uh, you know, they, uh... I, I hate saying you feel it. I, I don't really know how to judge what players say in a group setting situation like that. They're saying a lot of the same things they said last week, and I would expect that because it was the same sort of feeling. Uh, they know they've got to get better. They know it's a long season. They know there's a sense of urgency, all that. Uh, I saw a focus team last week, so I'm not going to be disingenuous and say, hey, I saw this difference. I think we'll see this on Sunday. I, I think this is more of a game where uh, sometimes you got to kind of shut up during the week and go play. Mm-hmm. That, doesn't, that doesn't mean we don't go do our jobs, JP. I'm not, I'm not saying it was a bad question, but, uh, you know, I don't really think fans want to hear that anymore. I don't think players want to say yeah. it anymore. I think it's more of, all right, well, I'm going to keep it sort of low what I'm saying this week, and I'm just going to go show it. Uh, that feels to me like where they're at. Yeah, because they had a whole off season of a lot of that kind yeah. of stuff. You know? So uh, in, inside and outside the building, Bucky. I mean, so it's what it is. Yeah, that is there's, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of conversation. Uh, I mean, I've talked about it. I look for a little kerosene on the fire, talking about how you expect the team to score 30 points. A game, how the offense would be unstoppable, and all these other things. Remember the three up. wide receivers over a hundred or a thousand and a rusher. You know, remember that. We still got yeah. time. We still got yeah. time. We still got yeah. time. We still have flashes. Like it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Like we can you bookmark this, and we, we we have time. Ultimately, in a perfect world, you break the season up into quarters. So we're nearing the end of the first quarter. And if the Jaguars are two and two at the end of the first quarter, fine. Then you got to get back on track and have some three and ones during those other quarters. But we we'll be okay. The main thing is this team needs a breakout performance so they can regain their confidence. What I see is a team that isn't very confident in terms of all these expectations, this and that. It was supposed to be easy. And because there have been some challenges and some struggles early, lost a little bit of their confidence. And so normally what a, a great coach would do is when your team is struggling for that, you try and find the, the, the best things that they do. 
So you rank your players maybe one to five on offense, and you say, okay, here are the top five players on offense. Here are the guys who need to touch the ball. What are the five best plays that each of these guys is involved in? Okay, we're only going to call these things because our job is to get them going. And if we get these five guys going, they're going to take us and carry us to the threshold. So we don't need to be cute. Get the ball to the best players and let the best players dictate whether we win the game or not. Is that tricky, Bucky, with, you know, and I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a really good player for this team. But mm-hmm. but when he sort of struggled like he has, I would say the last two weeks, particularly last week, mm-hmm. do they, you said go find the top five plays. Do they know what he's great at yet, if you follow me? I mean, it, is no, no, that part no, of sort of the clunkiness? Yeah, I think they're still trying to do that. And I'll, I'll say this, like looking at the, the offense from field level this year compared to last year, last year the offense was very organic in terms of where the ball went. The ball just kind of found the open guy. This year, I feel like the ball is being forced to Calvin a little more than normal, and that's messing everything up in terms of not that I see body language or I see Christian Kirk or anybody pouting, but last year there was a very organic feel to this offense. Trevor dropped back, whoever's open, boom, you get it. One day it was Evans' day, the next day it'd be Christian's day, the week after it'd be Zay Jones's day. This year it feels like they're kind of forcing Calvin into that number one role, which he should be, but I feel like they're force-feeding him as opposed to, hey, let's drop back. Whoever's the first one to get open is the one that gets the ball. And if they can kind of get back to the ball will find the players when they're supposed to, they'll have a better chance of this offense kind of clicking, even though we can talk about the offensive line struggles later. JP, yeah, we'll come back. JP, yeah. that's why, right there, that's why it's the Bucky Brooks show. Because <laughs> that was – I've been searching for what I felt was wrong with the offense. I would say wrong, but, you know, and it felt organic last year. It felt natural. And there's just a little bit of a feel for what Bucky talked about. So huddle up with Bucky Brooks, everybody, the Bucky Brooks show. On the Bucky Brooks show. <laughs> there's a reason why it makes the big bucks. Yeah. That's for sure. Good stuff. Uh, if you're a Jags fan who's always on the move, we've got the perfect plan for you with the bundle at the bank. You can purchase tickets to three or more games starting at just 58 bucks per game. Get the flexibility you want for your time this fall. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. We're back with a little more on this offense. Travis Etienne carrying the load a little bit last week. Can he carry that over into London again against this Falcons defense? And we'll get into that matchup coming up. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. You should prepare um, and focus on all the little details as much as you possibly can throughout the week and walk through the practice and really challenge yourself. And that's the time where you can think a little bit and you want to see every look and it's all right to make a mistake and you want to, you know, and that's when you when you get better and you see all the looks and you, you learn from it. So have that sense of urgency and practice of let me get everything I can, all the information, dial in on the game plan, have it, you know, know it like the back of my hand so then when Sunday comes you just go play and of course there's going to be mistakes either way no matter how well you prepare there's going to be some mistakes but you can just go play free and and play and not think I think that's the biggest thing is when you're when you're thinking more than you're just reacting that's it's hard to play especially at this level it's hard to play that way so I think that's for all of us you know myself included is just to continue to challenge yourself to do that and to prepare that way so when Sunday comes you can let it go and not think 
That's quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Good stuff uh, today in his Wednesday press conference. Always speak to the media. I believe he's going to speak again Friday when they arrive in the UK. That's uh, the normal uh, situation once the team gets through with their walkthrough uh, at the practice field Friday. Welcome back. It's Settle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and Bucky Brooks. Um, hey, the Jags and the Falcons coming up, and we talked a little bit about this offense. But now the matchup against this Falcons defense and – you know, let's start up front. I mean, that's where that's where the focus has been from head coach Doug Peterson, really both lines, offensive and defensive line for the Jaguars. But, you know, after the last couple of weeks, um, what does this matchup look like against Calais Campbell and Grady Jarrett and the like up front, Bucky? <clears throat> it's the struggle of the offensive line has really been struggling because injuries, uh, poor performance, just a lack of chemistry and continuity has prevented this front line from being able to really protect the quarterback or really make big holes uh, on the ground game. The one thing that you hope for, and depending on Anton Harrison's status, is that you're able to kind of develop some chemistry by keeping them out there. Uh, Brendan Scherf hasn't been healthy. He's struggling uh, against power. you got the young guys, Ben Barch, and those guys having a tough time. And so it's just been in flux. First thing you need to do is figure out which protections work for the group that is on. You can't have too many complex things. Trevor talked about when you're slowing down, you're thinking you're not fast. You just got to make it very, very clear for everybody. And if it's only one or two protections that you carry, then that's what you have to do. But this has to be a game where uh, I would say the, the, the play sheet has to look like this. It has to be very thin, has to be very small. Put it on a little index card. We want to go fast because, look, being able to play fast, eliminate a lot of the mistakes that will give the Jaguars a chance to have success. Uh, as much as it looks great on, on the blackboard, it's about making sure that the players know exactly what they're doing. They can do it confidently. Usually it's like this, like it's massive. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't know if you need that. Shout out, shout out, shout out. Rest in peace to Mike Leach. Little Mike Leach had <laughs> his right there. We put it on an index card and go to work. Yeah, that's what happens, John. Yeah, I kind of thought last week, actually, if there was a silver lining, I thought they blocked for the run okay. When they were in the game, they sort of had to get away from it in the second half when you're down by 17 and, you know, whatever the numbers were, it's hard to stick with the run. But I thought that was the weird thing about trying to analyze this game, Bucky, was, you know, they had 404 total yards, I think it was, and no three and outs. They would move and look okay and then sort of have a shoot-yourself-in-the-foot moment. Uh, I liked what I saw from the running game last week. Overall, though, you're right, uh, simplifying the pass protection, figuring out what they do. Uh, Doug, by the way, said today that Anton Harrison will play. That's not a a short-term issue. Uh, But you've got to create some situation where Trevor feels more confident in the pocket. I'm not going to say ghosts or whatever all those words are, but there are certainly times where you can tell there's there's not a comfort. And i got to think that's contributing to all of the – I keep saying clunkiness, but all the sporadic, all the offness that you feel out of this offense. Uh, so run block better, but got to get better pass protection. Um, I mean, look, I, I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head when it comes to it. Offensively, we feel like we spend so much time talking about the offense. I think because that's probably the, bis- the biggest disappointment of the team is that the offense hasn't been what we thought it would be. We thought it'd be video game like it would be fun. Uh, scoreboards would be going off like we'd be able to put the new stuff in Everbank where the lights come on and go off when we score touchdowns. Haven't seen any of that. And so some of the the issues are about 
Trevor not playing well. And when you see the franchise quarterback kind of struggling like he is, where he's uncertain or he's, he's just off the mark, you got to figure out how to fix him. And the way that you can fix him is let's shore up the pass protection. Let's get the ball out of his hands. One of the things that they did last year when he was struggling, we saw more of the bubble screen game become a part of it, more swing screens, more bubble screens, more things that were quick rhythm throws designed to get the ball out of his hands. And it's just like playing basketball. Put the ball in the hole a couple on a layup, couple few layups, then the mid-range and the three-pointer kind of becomes easier. And so I think we'll see more of that. Let's get him in space. Let's get the ball out. Everybody can get touches like that. And now this offense can begin to develop a rhythm because it hasn't really been in rhythm the entire season. To be fair, well, you can also catch those balls. I mean, you know, uh, there's been some catches that you expect these guys to make uh, that would make the, you know, and I'm not saying Trevor hasn't been off, but you make some of those catches and all of a sudden his confidence goes up, the receiver's confidence goes up. I've heard a couple of people say, and I've even had some fans ask me, well, that they're not having any fun. They don't look like they're having fun. Well, it's hard to have, it's a little bit of a chicken in the egg. It's hard to have fun when you're kicking three field goals against Kansas City. So you, I guess you sort of have to manufacture your own fun early, and maybe it'll come later. Maybe you have to fool yourself into the fact you're having fun. I hate to say this because, like I've said here, an advocated process-oriented. The fun is in the winning. Sure. It's not a lot of fun when you're getting your teeth kicked in. Not a lot of fun when you're not touching the ball. Uh, I can tell you the, the receiver in me will tell you, hey, it's, it's hard running up and down the field when you don't touch the ball because then it's a track meet. No one signed up for track. You signed to play football, so you want to touch the ball. And so you have some of that going, and the guys are being great sports, but I know it's bubbling up when you look, and you're like, man, I'm going three quarters. I'm just running up and down the field. I haven't touched the ball. Some of that has to – you got to manage all of those things. And part of the reason why we, we talk about getting the ball out, some of the, the bubble screens or whatever, that is a way to keep everybody engaged. I hate to say this to people. Even though they're pros, they're like a bunch of little kids. If they don't touch the ball, they don't get lollipops. Their faces begin to droop and they pout. So you got to find a way to keep them involved and keep them active while also staying on schedule when it comes to the game plan. Yeah. Uh, quickly on this Falcons defense, um, they've got some salty vets on the defensive line, Bucky. Obviously, Calais Campbell in year 16, Grady Jarrett in year nine, mm -hmm. David Oyemata is in year eight. I mean, and so these guys have have some pelts on the wall, if you will. They've they've done this a time or two, and they know all the tricks of the trade. They do know all the tricks of the trade. Very uh, veteran, uh, very experienced group that has had a lot of success individually and collectively. This is a defense that's coming together, and they're doing it really, really nice. Uh, Arthur Smith wanted to make some changes, wanted this team to play uh, faster. And the way that you play faster, you get a lot of guys who know what they're doing. Jesse Bates has come in and kind of streamlined some of the communication, and he goes from back end to front end. And now with Calais Campbell providing some leadership, even though he's not the player that he once was, that leadership matters. That, that hey, everybody, we need to be pros, and here's how we get off the ball, and here's how we finish at the ball, and all that other stuff. We're seeing this team exhibit good habits. And so when you, when you have good habits that have carried over from the practice field to the game tape, it means that everyone is heeding the messages. Everyone is on the same page. And by the way, uh, Calais Campbell with a sack would be the 42nd player in league history to 100 career sacks. Let's hope that happens a little later. Not not this week, Calais. Right, John? Yeah, and uh, he deserves it when it happens. Uh, absolutely don't want to have it happen this week, but 
as every fan knows, everybody who's dealt with him, uh, maybe one of the classiest people ever to walk through the Jaguars uh, hall. So it'd be good to see him. Uh, just to want him to walk out with a win on Sunday. No, not at all. Uh, Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Well, check out ZipChair.com and you can browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. Well, there's a gentleman wearing number five for the Falcons. He's a rookie, but he's playing big. We'll talk about Bijan Robinson when we come back. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. Not how we start. It's going to be how we finish. You know the season, and you know, yeah, we we're making mistakes. It's not like you know uh, teams have really uh, done much, as, you know, to us as far as beating us. Well, we're beating ourselves, you know, and that's usually the case. And and you know, once we figure out, and, and a lot like last year, we we were kind of beating ourselves. And once we figure out how to, you know, kind of get out of our own way, take care of the football, tackle better, all those types of things, um, then things begin to go in your favor. Doug Peterson, of course. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick in London. Bucky Brooks in Los Angeles. John Osier is in the middle in Jacksonville. We'll all reconvene here this weekend for the Jaguars-Falcons matchup at Wembley. It's a 2.30 British summertime kickoff. That's 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And plenty of lead-up into the football game. Of course, the Jaguars making their 10th appearance in London. 10th game coming up this weekend. Uh, this will be the ninth game at Wembley for the Jags. Well, I said going to break uh, number five for the Falcons. Well, that's Drake London is number five. He's, He's a wide too. receiver. He's tough but too. This, too. Is a, this is a running offense led by number seven, B. John Robinson, rookie running back out of the University of Texas. He is the leading rusher. He is the leading pass catcher. And uh, he is really difficult to get hands on and he gets yards after contact if you can contact him he's got all these moves and things and highlights already in three weeks bucky and it's him and they've got tight ends and it's arthur smith a former tight end coach and this is the offense they're rolling with with desmond ritter pulling the trigger yes yeah, the offense they're rolling with with desmond ritter pulling the trigger but you're right the playmakers around him are absolutely amazing uh, B. John Robinson right, reminds me of a young LaDainian Thomason. And I understand what happens when you put those comparisons out there to a Hall of Famer. But he is everything that you want at the running back in today's game. He can run inside and outside. He can catch the ball out the backfield. He can run routes from the backfield or displace. Uh, he has the toughness and the big play ability that really makes you kind of hold your breath whenever he touches the ball. And because he is so good, you already have to consider how do you double team him? you know, double team him in the passing game, and then it creates opportunities for others on the perimeter. They have Drake London, they have Kyle Pitts, who neither one of them have, has, has really gotten loose, but their their potential as these big basketball types gives them an opportunity to really kind of flex their muscles and, and be problematic on the perimeter. Yeah, JP, beyond being good, which Robinson is and their skill players are, I'm wondering from the... Uh, Defensive coordinator, Bucky Brooks. Uh, how tough is it to prepare because this is not a style of offense that you see very often? It, it It's running back centric, which most teams aren't. I mean, is this that unique where it makes preparation tough? I would think so. Yeah, it does make it tough because they're old school. And, and Arthur Smith uh, makes no apologies. They're going to run the football. Uh, he doesn't care about your fantasy football team. Doesn't care if you took Kyle Pitts with one of your early picks. 
doesn't matter. He's going to run the football. And we have seen this was a team that was one of the top rushing offenses last year with Tyler Algiers. So now they double down and add a more explosive, more dynamic running back to pair with him. Yeah, they want to run the football. And what that does is it allows them to control the game. It allows them to put their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, in a managerial role where they can just say, hey, minimize your mistakes, make the plays that are there to be made, but give the ball to these guys and get out the way. Tough offense to defend because he's not a playmaker. He's just a pass-first point guard that is just facilitating what's going on on the field. Yeah, JP, unsurprisingly, it, 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 I think Jaguars fans sort of have experience watching this kind of a team because it philosophically it feels like Tennessee was when Arthur Smith was there. It, in this sense, you might be up 17 nothing on them, and, and they believe they can run their way back into the game. Usually mm-hmm. a team you're down uh, double digits, you know you can pin the ears back and pass. So uh strikes you that, again, not surprising, this is the way this guy uh, believes philosophically and calls a game. And they haven't even had Cordero Patterson this year right. either. Um, so he's got a thigh injury, and we'll see what happens with that moving ahead. Uh, in the running game. But, um, you know, you mentioned Kyle Pitts. John o. Smith is there. He's got three career touchdowns and mm-hmm. almost 200 yards in nine games against the Jags in his long time in Tennessee. Pruis, the other tight end. So, hey, now, Jaguars defense, right? Um, hey, Devin Lloyd's not traveling to London. Chad Mooma's in there, um, especially against the tight ends. How do, you, how do you slow down the two different types of tight ends you have? Uh, this may be a game with more nickel, like rather than even put the onus on the uh, linebackers. This may be a game with big nickel, big dime, where you have multiple safeties that can come in and put their hands on the tight end. We've seen them do it a few different ways. We've seen Rashad Jenkins come down in the box and sometimes put his hands on tight ends and, and do it that way. We've seen other guys kind of take their turns doing it. This might be a week where you have to use some of those strategies to make sure that you keep both of those guys those tight ends and those big playmakers on the outside on the wraps. Yeah, you don't want to get too worried or scared of a game because this team scored six points on the Lions. I mean, it's it's clearly an offense that can be stopped. Uh, but the worry for me would be the Jaguars have been a slow-starting team. Uh, you don't want to be down 7 nothing, 10 nothing on a team that believes it can run you out of the building uh, because then it gets very tough to take them away from what they want to do. So uh, – I've said it all week. This is a fascinating it, – it's one of the more interesting games for the Jaguars going in because of all the psychological stuff with, with needing a fast start. I believe they really need a fast start on Sunday, and they haven't been that sort of team. They have not. They have not at all. And and, and they really haven't been that for a couple of years, yeah. Buck. No, they haven't been. And this will be one I, – I can't wait to see what Doug Peterson and Press Taylor come up with when it comes to that first 15, uh, most people know that the first 15 plays of most offenses are scripted. So how does this, the brain trust, how do they get together to try and give the team the best plan that they need to hit those first 15 to show the defense enough stuff that you can begin to kind of have adjustments and, and, and counters to what they're doing. So then you can exploit that. That's a lot of stuff wrapped up into like a little small package that we're trying to put together by the end end of the week. This is going to be a tough one. It's going to be a challenge for sure. But JP, doesn't it sound crazy? And I don't think I'm alone in this thought uh, that you really feel like you need a fast start because you don't want to be behind. And this was a come from behind team last year. It was. The Jets. Yeah. I mean, they did it five, you know, it, if they had a trademark, 
that was it. You know, the being down double digits. How many times did I write it? Five times in their last five yeah. home games to come back. And now all of a sudden you just and I'm not I'm not saying it's a criticism of the team. It just shows you how sometimes that kind of thing can get in your head and that a very small thing can change a lot in terms of your mindset in this league. And uh, you sure would like to see him start hot on that front. I guess I keep going back to that theme this week. Well, yeah, I mean, you talk about getting them hot. And so how do you do that? Uh, last week during the game, there was a moment where Trevor Lawrence went tempo. They went up tempo. And what up tempo does, is that's how he played in college. It also simplifies the looks for the defense because people are afraid of getting caught in a blitz pressure and everyone doesn't get the call. Um, that might be something that they use, jump in and out of tempo to give Trevor Lawrence a, an opportunity to have a little more control of what's going on. And then it also, if he handles it right, it allows him to build himself up to be um, kind of like the, the, the star in waiting that, that we've been waiting to see. You know, and is this, this might, I don't know how accurate this is, but it kind of takes a lot of the thinking out of it too, right? You yeah. just, hey, we're going up to the line, we're playing. We're, there's no preach checks, none of that stuff. No, you get to play fast and you get into a rhythm. And one of the things that we've seen, whether you're going tempo where it's no huddle or whatever, or you're going quick rhythm, uh, in and out the huddle, get to the line, go. In and out the huddle, get to the line, go. There's a rhythm that you can develop by going fast and playing fast like that that can help Trevor settle in. Remember, at Clemson, at his high school, he was kind of like the one-man show that kind of controlled everything, was the maestro. Don't know if he's ready for that, but in giving him a, an up-tempo, no-huddle offense, you allow him to be in more control. Maybe he's one of those guys that needs to lead from in front. You give him the keys before he's kind of earned it, and then he grows into the kind of leader that you want. I have a question John, for the offensive coordinator, happen, JP. But... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, for the offensive coordinator. I've already gotten the defense coordinator in. Let's get him out. Let's bring the <laughs> offensive coordinator in. Uh, it, it, I, I'm getting tons of questions on this, so I want to ask you. Uh, the targets, you know, why aren't they using Christian Kirk more? Why aren't they using this guy more, this guy more? I maintain that I, I don't necessarily know that they're predetermining that during the week. Uh, I think some of the pressure is causing that when you've got to get the uh, the ball out of your hands. Uh, is that more of a that's what the play is taking Trevor Lawrence to, meaning the number of catches guys are getting in this scheme this year? Uh, some of that, and, and some of that is done. But but I'll say this, and, and, and Doug has been a play caller for a long time. Uh, he can pass this on to Press Taylor because this is something that took place in Green Bay when Doug was there. There's one guy on the offense whose job is to track the touches. Okay. And what happens, and when I say this, I'm not being disrespectful to pro players, but pro players are just like little league players or whatever. When they don't touch the ball, they pout and they mope. And it's hard for them to stay engaged. And if you go – long stretches where they don't touch the ball and then you throw it to them in the fourth quarter, what happens is they're going to look at the quarterback like, oh, now you want to throw me the ball? I, I, I've been running around. So what you have to do is you have to have someone who's responsible for reminding Press and Doug, hey, man, it's been a couple of series since Christian has touched the ball. Hey, Evan Ingram hasn't touched the ball. And so on that play sheet, we might have to expand it a little bit beyond this. There should be like a little column or two that has get the ball to zero get the ball to 13, get the ball to seven, get the ball to 17. And what they are is like five or six, like quick hitting plays that you can dictate to get the ball to them. And that keeps everyone going. And 
if early in the game you can get all those guys where they look up at the scoreboard and they all have two to three, everyone's happy because they're all involved. I got you. It gets out of kilter if Calvin Ridley has seven touches and nobody else has any. Then everyone is like, well, what am I doing? Like, this is different. And they won't say it publicly, but it has to eat them up inside. So this has to be one where somebody has to monitor distribution. Hey, I got a piece of candy. JP got a piece of candy. John, oh, it can't be. Bucky gets all the candy. You guys don't don't eat. That's not that's not fair. <laughs> that's all it's this show fair. is, is Bucky getting the candy, JP. <laughs> right. I mean, it is Halloween coming up quick, I guess. Um, about a month away. Let's come back in a moment. Schedule of events the next two weeks. It is hearty here in London. We'll wrap it up after this. Tunnel up with Bucky Brooks. You know, we're doing everything together, uh, sort of one of those bonding type experiences as a as a football team, as coaches, and and uh, I, I, this just happens to be over in, in London, and uh, it's, a, it's a great place, and we're excited to be going over, and and um, a chance for us to kind of, you know, sort of sort of reset maybe uh, a little bit and uh, regroup and and uh, try to get back on track. Head coach Doug Peterson, the Jaguars headed to London Thursday night. They'll arrive Friday morning. I'm here now. Bucky will be here this weekend. John will be with the team uh, Thursday night as they head on over. And uh, then we'll all reconvene at Wembley on Sunday for a 2.30 London time kick, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And it is a busy week ahead. It actually starts um, tonight. Fulham was at home tonight. So a lot of the front office Folks from both sides, obviously crossovers. So a lot of folks with the Fulham game tonight. Tomorrow, Jags Country featuring Clint Black as the headliner at the uh, Wembley Arena. Uh, there's the, of course, the practice. I think you had to respond to that before to have a chance to go out and see practice at the Grove on Friday. Saturday is a pub party, Bucky. I know you'll be ready for that. You're going to come down to that, right? For <laughs> sure. Yeah. Absolutely. John, Appreciate you should see John at these things. John is a legend over here. Oh, legendary. I like it, John. Go big. Yeah, the only place I'm not a legend is on this show, Buck. All right, that's okay. <laughs> like sometimes sometimes the candy isn't equally distributed. That's right. That's right. In London, I get some candy. Not here. And I'm no, fine with that. This, none of this program. Uh, and then, of course, Sunday, the Falcons-Jaguars game. And then next week, it's boy uh, Jags AM live from uh, – the the resort for the second week. Uh, Hanbury Manor is the name of it, where the Jaguars will practice in week number two leading into the Bills game. Um, and then Jaguars happy hour live from Pavilion Inn Pub, the same pub as Saturday, uh, Monday afternoon. Wednesday, huddle up with Bucky Brooks. This show will run from the same pub. Uh, Thursday, happy hour, the Doug Peterson show. Yes, again, you guessed it, from Pavilion Inn Pub, and then we'll be there again Saturday for another pub party. So we've got some some pints to be had, Buck. Is there a cock oh, okay. in the pub, JP? Because I may just stay there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a what now? A cot. Betting. You could probably, probably roll one in. Right, I mean, I, I mean, I've, stayed, I've stayed in pubs before, so it won't be the first time. <laughs> the the yeah. first time you slept in a bar. Huh? Okay, fine. So y'all might, y'all might have to help me out. I'm not necessarily a, a, a pub or a big... Uh, beer consumer, so you might have to help me when it comes to some of those things. See if we can find some some other stuff. I'll have there. yours. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make sure you're okay. Yeah, see if I can get an Arnold Palmer or two over there while I'm just kind of hanging out, you know. There you they, know what that is. 
We can make that happen. Yeah, uh, for sure. So there's a lot going on. Uh, we'll have it all for you on Jaguars.com over the next, oh gosh, 11 days, 12 days. I've lost count at this point. We've just Ooh. started. Ooh, your suitcase. I, I can only imagine what this suitcase looks like. Yeah, it was heavy. I feel bad for the uh, for the, the airline folks who had to deal with that today. Uh, so it's going to be, though. It's a, it's a good trip, and the Jaguars will be here soon. And uh, this show is in the books, John, whether you were on it or not. That's right. It's done. No, good show. Good job, Buck. Let's go. Way Let's to go. go, Bucky. Hey. Let's go. Get some of this candy out. You keep being you, Bucky. <laughs> Let's do it. Are we guaranteeing a win this week? Can I get a can I get a lit pipe lock? Can I get a lock from uh, John? Or should we guarantee a win? I want it, Buck. I can't lock it. I can't lock it. I'm worried about this one. But I think oh my god. I think yeah, they'll be fine, but I'm worried about can it. Can you give me can you give me some of that Dan Lanning energy pregame? Can I get some of that? Like we're gonna <laughs> He's go. One of a kind. I give you some Jay Norvell energy. For the win. John's all about the clicks. Bucky's <laughs> all about the wins. That's right. <laughs> and I'm just here. I'm JP Shadrick. It's huddle up with Bucky Brooks.